Welcome to your IVF Abroad podcast, where I will share, educate and empower you on your journey with infertility and IVF Abroad. I'm Emma Haslam, your host, mum via treatment abroad and the IVF Abroad expert. Since the birth of my son in 2018, I have made it my mission to make fertility treatment more transparent, accessible, supported and affordable. I now help people around the world just like you to find a safe, best fit clinic, have fertility treatment and achieve their dreams of starting or expanding their families. And I'm here now to help you too. Hi, it's Emma here. Welcome back to episode four, where I'm going to talk to you about one of the reasons why people are heading abroad for fertility testing procedures and treatment. Going back to 2016, when I began to look into going abroad for treatment, I didn't know of anybody else who had done it. I'm sure there were people, but there certainly wasn't a podcast about it. There wasn't anything on sort of social media. Um, there were a few threads on things like Mumsnet that were kind of out of date and it would be difficult to follow. Um, and yeah, it, it seemed like a really kind of alien thing to even consider doing. The only things I'd ever heard of were people you know, you will have read in certain newspapers, I'm sure, or online about when people have gone abroad for treatment, like having a rhinoplasty or um, breast augmentation, and it's gone wrong. And those are the sorts of stories that I had heard. Um, so it wasn't something that had ever been on my radar. And I don't think it was on as many other people's radars back then either. I think we've seen since then a real growth in people considering and choosing now to look outside of their home countries and to go abroad for treatment because when done properly, people are having a great experience. And this is the the first part of a bit of a mini series that I want to do, looking at some of the reasons why people are choosing to head abroad for their treatment. And one of the main reasons that people certainly at least start to think about going abroad is cost, or should I say cost difference, I suppose. And people will say to me, is it really cheaper, Emma, to go abroad when you've got to consider travel? So you've got to factor in getting to and from your destination and accommodation costs as well. And my answer is, well, it depends on where you're going to go. So for example, if I decided to go to America from the UK for my IVF treatment, it would almost certainly not be cheaper. It would be a lot more expensive because America is even more expensive than the UK and Ireland for fertility treatment. So when I talk about 
abroad, just as, as a kind of reminder, I usually mean Europe, unless I say otherwise, because that's where my expertise is, that's where my experience is, both personally and through helping my clients. And when I look at cost comparisons, it's versus the UK, but I have clients from all over the world and in other countries like Canada, America, Australia, it's as expensive, if not more expensive. So if you're listening from one of those places, it will probably apply to you too in terms of the cost comparisons that I'm going to be talking about and the cost savings that you that you stand um, to make. Also, there are variances in terms of how much people pay in their home country of treatment dependent on the clinic and depending on what treatment you need, of course. But if we're talking about like for like and you are in the UK, America, Canada, Ireland, then chances are it will be substantially cheaper for you to go abroad to have your treatment, even including travel and accommodation. And even more so if you're looking for donor conception, because you make even more cost savings there. So how much does an average cycle of, let's say, IVF with ICSI cost in the UK? There's lots of different information out there. So it's difficult to give an exact figure. However, I have heard lots of people say that they all in all paid around £10,000 per cycle of IVF with ICSI. Some a little bit less and some a lot more. But that kind of gives you a bit of an idea if you haven't had private fertility treatment before in the UK. When you go abroad to Europe, costs for IVF with ICSI start from around about £2,000. Yeah, £2,000. Huge difference, isn't it? Massive, massive difference. Now, of course, you've got to factor some other things in. You've got to factor in your travel and where you're traveling from. Now, from the UK, there are lots of low-cost airlines traveling out to many of the destinations that are popular for IVF. And if you time when you think about going to travel and have your treatment away from things like school holidays um, and, you know, festivals in other countries and things like that, that can make a huge difference in terms of, of travel costs as well, which can be very, very low then. And then, of course, you've got your accommodation to factor in as well. And if you're very budget conscious, you will be thinking about perhaps destinations and how much places cost to stay and how many nights you're going to be needed to stay there so you can kind of factor in. Factor it in. But even then, it should still be cheaper, like for like, than treatment in your home countries and those countries that I have mentioned if you're going to go in Europe. Significantly so. In fact, many of my clients will have two or three rounds of IVF for the same price as one in the UK, which is huge. And 
we all know that IVF, unfortunately, is a numbers game. Anybody who promises you that they can get you pregnant is a liar, unfortunately, um, or pregnant first time is a liar. You know, there are, it's it's a long game. I think game's the wrong word, actually, Emma, because it's not. there's nothing fun about it, is there? But it's a long journey. For some people, I mean, I've worked with lots of people who have become pregnant first time or second time. But you need to be thinking about this when considering where you have your treatment because that could be, cost could be for some people and is for some people, literally the difference between being able to have enough cycles to hopefully get the end result of a of a baby or not and I, I bring myself back into this as an example Adam and I saved up enough money to have one round of IVF with ICSI in the UK and actually what we then needed was three rounds of treatment abroad And quite simply, if we had chosen to have treatment in the UK, given that it took three transfers, then I would not have a little boy now because there was no more money. And fortunately, we had thought about the fact that it might not work first time. And I mean, we had really low odds of like three to five percent. So, of course, it wasn't going to work first time. But it's something I say to clients, you know, you need to be thinking about it as a longer term thing. Um, and of course, it's devastating if it doesn't work the first time, but it doesn't for lots of people. And so you need to be prepared for that. And one of the biggest things is cost. Um, and as I said, there was no more money for us. We couldn't have continued to live. If you've listened to previous episodes, you'll know that I moved back or we moved back in with my parents like that I could not have continued for ever um and so we wouldn't have our little boy now and it's as simple as that and so I'm so thankful that we made that decision to go abroad um but also the other part of me as well really hates to be ripped off (laughs) um you know nobody wants cheap IVF like well, we do, don't we? But we don't really like think of any medical procedures being cheap because you want it to be safe. You want the clinic to be brilliant at what they do. Um, but you want good value for your money. You don't want to to spend more than you need to spend. I mean, you know, in an ideal world, we wouldn't be spending anything on fertility treatment. We'd have sex and we'd get pregnant like other people do. Like they told us in um, sex education. <laughs> um, or we'd all have an NHS And we'd all have an NHS that was fully funded and would treat everybody, no matter what their circumstances. And this was something they had in every single country in the world. But we know that it's just not like that. And even here in the UK, with the NHS, there are so many people not qualifying for treatment and having to self-fund. And it's a massive strain. Like, it's a huge strain on everything. And it impacts on everything it impacts on your daily living it impacts on things like getting married buying a house going on holiday doing all the fun stuff that helps to distract you from the shit that is infertility um not for everybody cost isn't the driving factor for everybody um but i think all of us like to get good value for money right and in, you know particularly if the treatment's going to be great as well um 
So cost is one of the biggest reasons why people choose to go abroad because the money will go a lot further and hopefully give them a a lump of money to get them through their treatment, to get them hopefully to the result that they want. Um, And then if they do become pregnant, they may have money left over if it does work first time, second time. And if not, then they don't have that stress of thinking, we're not ready to stop, but actually we have to stop because we've run out of money. And that, I imagine, must be a horrible position to be in. It was a horrible position for us when we realised we didn't have any money and we needed to save up to go privately. Um, But then when our first and second cycle didn't work, while it was devastating because we'd gone into it with a mindset of it being a longer-term process and we had the money there, it meant that we didn't have that stress. And, you know, it was really good value for money without being cheap, without missing out on things. Um, so, yeah, it is one of the one of the, the main reasons. And, and the other thing around costings as well, and I can only talk from my own experience and from people who I've helped who've come to me in their experiences, is that I found in the UK anyway, with the clinics that we were in touch with and we had consultations with, I found it very, very difficult to get a straight answer from them in terms of how much does IVF with ICSI cost? Simple question requires a simple answer. And I just wanted to know what it included, what it didn't include, and then for the things it didn't include, how much were they, please? And I fully appreciate that when you get through to consultation, things change because a doctor's going to make a recommendation based on your circumstances. So you may not be having IVF with ICSI, like us. You might be moving on to donor conception. But as a kind of benchmark price, can you just give me the cost, please? Ideally, put them on your website. But if they're not on your website, then can you send them to me? And it was like pulling teeth. Either they were on the website, but they weren't very clear, or it was going backwards and forwards. And then with one clinic in particular, when we got our kind of post-consultation stuff information across with the pricing it was so different to the information that they'd given us when we'd first been talking to them that actually we couldn't actually afford to have treatment at that clinic because it was above the money that we had saved and I was so cross because we'd spent I think 250 or 300 pounds I can't remember on that particular consultation so had I have known that before had they had been more transparent before that then We wouldn't have bothered spending our money on a consultation, wasting our money on a consultation for a clinic that we couldn't afford to have treatment at and then didn't want to have treatment with because actually, why would you? That that trust just was not there and I felt completely ripped off. And we actually spent nearly £1,000 on three consultations in the UK not to then end up going (laughs) with a UK clinic. So may as well just set fire to that £1,000 really. And that was pretty soul-destroying because... Another reason why it's worth exploring going abroad, even if you decide it's not right for you, is that a lot of the consultations abroad are either free or very low cost. And then they're then refunded off your treatment should you decide to go ahead with that particular clinic. And if there is a charge for that first consultation that's then knocked off your treatment, any future consultations are not charged for. Whereas in the UK, every single time you speak to a doctor, 
for a consultation, there is a charge. And you'll have probably seen in the media, there's been lots of things about UK clinics not being particularly transparent around costs. And this is something that I find clinics abroad in Europe are much better at. And so, for example, when I'm working with my one-to-one clients and helping them to find a clinic, I'm able to go back to them with, this is the cost for the treatment that you've asked me to cost up for. It includes this, it doesn't include this, and the cost of this will be this. So they get a really good idea so that, they can, so that then you can budget because it's really important. It's why we have all of our prices on our website really transparent. What does it include? What does it not include? How long is it for? Because I just think it's the right way to be. Um, and I don't know why people think by you know making it hard for people to find out the answers to things like costings, why that's ever going to be a good thing. Like, people are not stupid. Um, But we are vulnerable. We are definitely vulnerable when we're going through fertility treatment. Um, And hence, I suppose, why people pay the amount of money that they they pay sometimes, even when they, you know, they perhaps can't afford it because they're vulnerable and they're desperate. Um, And we were vulnerable and we were desperate too. And I want you to learn from, I suppose, I was going to say mistakes. Is it a mistake? I don't know. Learn from the things that have happened to to me and some of our our clients um, and the money that I feel that I've wasted, you know, we've wasted. They say that they've wasted. Um, and, yeah, I think transparency is a really important thing. It's an important thing to me as a person, and it's very important, I think, within the fertility world. And it's something that is definitely can be improved I think there's quite a long way to go and I think we can learn lots of lessons from the clinics in Europe who do seem to be much more transparent around costs and also more reasonable around costs as well another thing to think about in terms of costs as well is a lot of the clinics abroad in Europe who are selling add-ons won't make any profit on those add-ons. So add-ons is something that we'll talk about in an, in a, a future episode perhaps, but add-ons are the kind of the extra things and that they're often things that have limited or no evidence. But it doesn't mean to say that for some people it doesn't it doesn't work. It means that, that there's not nobody really doing the large scale independent studies that are kind of needed. But add-ons are often used um probably more so I'd say abroad than than here in the UK. But the big difference is that in the UK, they are profit-making. And at a lot of the clinics abroad in Europe, they are not profit-making. So I suppose the difference there is that if a doctor suggests a particular add-on for you and your circumstances, then there's no reason for them to suggest it other than that that in their opinion, they feel that it's going to help you based on their experience of using the particular add-on at the the clinic or clinics that they've worked at because there's no financial incentive for them. You know, the clinic aren't making any money on it and they're not making anything in terms of a bonus or anything like that. So there is no ulterior motive. It's like, for example, the reason why as a company – Adam and I decided that 
we would not take commission from clinics because I don't believe that you can be completely impartial all of the time if you are accepting commission. And I'm not criticizing other people for that. I'm just saying that it, in my opinion, sways judgment. And so, you know, if you're looking to kind of save money, then it's good to know that those add-ons aren't profit making, but also from a kind of trust point of view, I suppose, and that best value point of view, you know, there's, there's no other reason for that doctor to suggest those things to you. Whereas in, for example, America, UK, Canada, wherever you are, then it's much more likely that the clinic is making a profit on that add-on and the doctor may also be receiving a bonus for selling extra add-ons. So it's definitely something that you need to be aware of. And as I said, I'll talk about that more in a a future episode, but that's something that sometimes people want to go abroad for to have – some of the add-ons that perhaps aren't as widely used in, for example, the UK, or, you know, they want to go somewhere, they're using it really regularly. They've got that, that experience of it. Um, and it's another factor that you have to think about in terms of the overall cost of treatment, because that's something you have to add on in there. And so therefore it's good to know, isn't it, that that is going to be at the kind of baseline cost and that, you know, profit, might not be made on it if you are going abroad. And that's something you can be asking clinics when you're speaking to them. So I hope that's been really helpful. Um, Have I got anything else that I need to tell you about costings? Costs can vary wildly depending on where you go. So it can start from £2,000, but it can be more than that too. So, you know, think about, your destinations and think about the price of treatment in your destination, particularly if cost is, you know, really um, important to you. But the overall message from me is if you're going from one of the countries that I've mentioned earlier to somewhere in Europe, then like for like, then you absolutely, including everything, should be able to save a substantial amount of money, thousands of pounds by going abroad. Until next time, take care. Thank you for listening to your IVF Abroad podcast with me, Emma Haslam. If you're interested in finding out if IVF Abroad could be right for you, then download my free checklist at yourivfabroad.com dot co dot uk forward slash who is IVF abroad for